Rapid Elementary Season 2, Episode 12, Fight. And Season 2, Episode 13, Fundraiser are over. But class is in session here at Abbott Elementary, a post-show recap. It's me again, Vice Principal Chappelle, back to talk to you about two more hilarious episodes of the Critics' Choice Award-winning, Golden Globe-winning, Emmy-winning, TCA Award-winning, Abbott Elementary. And with me, again, the principal of the podcast, someone who doesn't sew secretly, she doesn't prune privately, she doesn't call clandestinely or hide her hoeing. Miss Gia Worthy. Gia, what's up? Thank you. I do not hide my hoeing at all. So I'm glad that we're glad this is an open, safe space podcast that we can talk about this. But, you know, the, as we just discussed, I am my last few hours of being 27 as my birthday is on the glorious day of January 23rd. And we are just nearly a few hours away from there. But if you're asking if I am going to be older, wiser, more mature, like have more life experience in those few hours. Let me just say that I am no Sam Cook, so change is not going to come. <laughs> like what an introduction. Yeah, Gia, y'all, her birthday is like in three seconds. So uh, go ahead yes. and give a five-star review for her birthday. Tell her happy birthday in the comments, all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but Gia, uh, at the 28th Critics' Choice Awards, Abbott took home Best Comedy Series, Shirley As Ralph Warren, actress. I mean, we've just been racking up awards here. We got the Globe and Golden Globes winners like Ty Tyler James Williams, Quinta Brunson, everybody. Everybody's just we're just we're just racking them up. Gia, I think we picked the right show to podcast about. What are you? We did pick the right show to podcast, and like everyone is finally catching on to what we have been saying, and that Abbott Elementary really is that girl. And I am so happy to see them get so many accolades while they are in the middle of their second season. I know that Cheryl Lee Ralph, I believe she got her Emmy before the second season was airing or like right at mm -hmm. the beginning. But I'm glad that people are recognizing how incredible of a show that is. And I do have to say, I think these two episodes that we just got, particularly the second one, were exactly why these these episodes the show that we love is getting recognized like we had some really top tier moments from pretty much everyone in the principal cast oh yeah i really enjoyed this uh first of all i want to thank all you listeners for staying here with g and i along this abbott journey it's because of you the listeners that we can even talk about the best show on television so please remember to subscribe to the podcast at abbott elementary a post show recap wherever you listen to your podcast and leave us those five star reviews because you love us and because it's gia's birthday and she deserves those things um but as yeah and said, also if you don't you do it like is it racist is it like I'm it a, might be this it is, is yeah, it is. we're both all you, black, so... <laughs> all you uh, liberal white folk, give us five stars. And if you're progressive, too, there's no difference. Please give us five stars. Please help out this at-risk podcast, you know? at-risk <laughs> at black podcast, please. Yes, yes, of course. Help us out. Give us the reviews. Give us the five stars. And we have a great episode or two to talk about. So right after this break, we're going to get into the first episode, which is season two, episode 12, Fight, right after this. And we're back. So we find out here, Gia, that Gregory's dad has hired an actor <laughs> to play his son in an advertisement for this landscaping business, which is a reminder of the nature of Gregory's relationship with his dad. And it's rocky, to say the least. Uh, Gia, how would you describe this? I would say it's... Um... It has its ups and downs. I actually think this was a very sweet episode with Gregory and his dad because the last couple of uh, appearances we have had with his dad have been a little, I would say, unencouraging, I think is a good word for it because it seems like he does love his son. He checks in on his son, but like maybe the way that he expresses his love for his son is not the healthiest. It seems like he has a very tough love approach. I think we learn in this episode that he is like he was a former general or some military type position. So I, I think or lieutenant colonel, whatever it was something along those lines. But <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know the, the rankings. I don't know how any of that works. But um, I think that like it's 
it, he means well, but it doesn't always come as like the most, like there is probably a healthier way to address this. And I think that this was uh, encouraging for seeing the progression of the re- relationship moving forward. And I think it was very nice to see. It was nice. I enjoyed this episode a lot. Um, so we have uh, Lieutenant Colonel Martin Eddy showing up at the school to, you know, it seems like to just check on Gregory. But Gregory is standing at attention because he knows that his dad is probably here to criticize him. Uh, even Ava recognizes that it's kind of tense around the hallway. Um, you know, we know that Ava looks at Gregory fondly. And um, so she also looks at his uh, pretend brother from the magazine fondly. And it looks like she also enjoys the entire Eddie family as uh, her dad, well, as Gregory's dad shows up. Orlando Jones as Gregory's dad is such good casting, at least from my point of view, because I've heard over years and years and years that they kind of resemble each other. It's very clear here that if they want to, they can have the same mannerisms. They really play off of each other well. Um, But, you know, we see Gregory kind of uptight in this episode because he's worried about what his dad thinks about him, what's his dad going to think about his job, um, and what his dad is going to think about the garden. So when he first shows up, we see uh, Gregory's dad outside inspecting the garden. Then he comes into the lounge with Gregory, and he's noticing the air is a little stale from lack of plants. So I'm like, okay, he's all tuned into the garden thing. But then we see Barbara and Jacob reading a garden magazine, which to me was odd because I don't re- you rarely see the two of them together. And they're just talking about how their garden is flourishing and all this other stuff. All, all the garden stuff is happening right now. But it turns out when they compare notes that they're not actually the ones who have been doing the gardening. It's been Gregory going behind their back and, um, you know, basically sprucing things up. Gia. When I first saw this, I thought this was shenanigans. I thought they were pretending that they didn't know Gregory was doing this and like trying to put on airs for their for his dad. But it seems like for some reason, Barbara and Jacob really do love this garden. Oh my god, they they really care about the well-being of the garden that they are destroying. And it is so sweet to see Elbet a little sad, especially like Two minutes later, they literally find out that Gregory has been the one doing most, if not all, of the work of this garden because they're doing everything wrong, which goes into the amazing alliteration that Barbara goes into in her state of shock. And I I do wish we did get more scenes Jacob and Barbara together because like there are some really great duos in these two episodes, but that one is rarely used outside of the garden and it's just like a very cute duo you know like they're they have similar interests for different reasons they get along well they have like very common goals of they want the best for their students they want their garden to grow well like it's just very nice to see yeah it is but i was so suspicious of them i thought like you had to know gregory was doing this there's no way the two of you thought that y'all's tactics i mean for for God's sakes, Jacob's out there trying to like grow collard greens in the garden, you know, outside. <laughs> Who's that? No, Who's that that was spinach, which which is a very hard mistake to make. So it's actually quite impressive of him. I genuinely do think that I I am not myself a gardener. I have tried, and it is far too much work for me. Like I am not built for labor, but also. <laughs> Like, I I genuinely do think that they just thought that they had a natural green thumb and like anybody that is in a business like landscaping is going to be able to call them out when needed. Yeah, Um, I have a horrible I don't have a green thumb like whatever the opposite of green thumb is. That's what I have. I if I touch it, it dies. Um, So I cannot relate to Gregory at all in this moment. I think I, I also need a plant to cause, you know, to come in and do the heavy lifting for me because this is not something that I would ever do. Like I would never even volunteer for the school garden. That's not, that's just not my speed, you know? Uh, yes. But luckily it's Gregory's. I mean, we know his dad is a landscaper. It runs in the family and he's been doing a good job of making his dad proud of him, which is odd because Gregory's so used to not letting his dad down, but not living up to his dad's expectations, I guess, in a way. Um, so now his dad is asking for his opinion, asking him to help out. And Gregory can't even hide his big smile from Barbara. Um, Gia, Gregory's dad did mention, though, on the phone, on FaceTime, that if Gregory went and got this, uh, you know, participated in the landscaping, he could make extra money so that he could take out Amber to a fancy French restaurant. 
And he said this right in front of Barbara. Are they back together? Is it just he doesn't know? What's going on here? No, Amber's the mom. Oh, the, the mom. Okay. okay. Yes. yes. Oh, so we've moved on, moved yes. on. We've moved on. Like, there is, there's a new woman in the life, and, like, they also don't know about this, these other complications that are going to be coming our way. I really wanted to see Janine meet Gregory's dad in this episode, which, unfortunately, I if I remember correctly, we do not get. But Mm-mm. that is unfortunate for me because I wanted it so bad. But... We are past that stage now, but he uh, he seems very excited at the prospect of, like, helping his son have a better financial situation for his dating life and, like, saying how you could possibly go to a restaurant that you can't pronounce. And uh, he even adds a little wee-wee in there for some spice. And it's great. It's lovely. Yeah. Um, the through line here is always that Gregory is broke. You know, he got dumped in his first relationship because he was a broke boy. Um, we know teachers are underpaid, but his dad leaves no uh, no moment <laughs> left alone to just like not remind him that he is poor. So he's like, you need to do this landscaping thing because it will help you out. Um, and for a second, I started to think, are we going to see Gregory considering a career change? Because we know he never wanted to be a teacher. He wanted to be a principal and that's not working out. But Moments later in class, Gregory ends up telling Jacob that he's not going to leave and that landscaping is actually just giving him confidence. Um, and so now that confidence that he's taking in the landscaping and the garden is seeping into his work and he's becoming a better teacher because of it. Now, I love this, Gia, because I think a lot of times teachers get wrapped up in their students so much to where they take their students' problems home with them. They take work home with them. It feels like they're working 24 hours a day trying to make life better for these kids. And the only break they really get is like spring break and the summer break sometimes. And so I like that he's found a hobby that really like pours back into what he likes and kind of keeps him motivated because this could be a very depressing situation knowing the state of Abbott Elementary, the funding, um, you know, the leadership in, in certain episodes. Uh, so, yeah, I really enjoy Gregory the Green Thumb. I love how we are starting to see like an integration of different interests, like I think that especially when you have a career as demanding as teaching or owning a school, as we will hear about from Ava in the next episode, that people think that like, okay, there is a curriculum, you have to follow it, but like this is all you do. And quite a lot of the times it is hard to not get wrapped up in just the basics of what you need to do, but there are ways to merge like several of your interests into like your day job like there are ways to make the job that you enjoy even more enjoyable and I even though we don't see the initial discussion with Gregory and his dad I I think it's very sweet that not only is his dad noticing that he has become more confident but that he was able to tell his dad that he doesn't want to continue the landscaping um, as a full-time career because he thinks that teaching is the thing that is keep giving him confidence. But instead of hating gardening and landscaping and all of the things that he was so begrudgingly doing at the previous episodes that now he is merging the things that he is good at to make a better classroom experience for his kids. And I, I think that's lovely. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, Gia, did you know you could claim stray cats on your taxes? I did not know that. Um, yeah, apparently that's listen. That might be an Ava cheat code because she tells Melissa that in the in the um, lounge when Melissa is just surprised that people even do taxes. Um, she's so I'm very about- concerned. I'm very mm-hmm. concerned about Melissa for oh, this. Oh, really? Like, she doesn't. She doesn't pay her taxes. Like. I mean- Melissa has her ways. You know, I'm sure she pays some taxes, maybe. I just want to make sure she's going to be here for the 10 seasons that Abbott is inevitably going to get. We do need to track Melissa's criminal behavior uh, throughout. And I put criminal in like air quotes here, you know, because we haven't, she's not guilty of anything so far, but she's doing a lot, you know, and she knows a bunch of people and it might not end well. You're right. Yeah. I, I just need to know she's going to be there for the the beginning and the end but you know what as long i didn't see nothing i'm not gonna say nothing she is innocent whatever you are saying she did incorrect incorrect um yeah she's 
she's not worried about her taxes because she has to worry about her fantasy football team, right? Um, Mr. Johnson has been kicking her ass and he is talking noise. I love this episode for Mr. Johnson um, <laughs> because he's such a background character sometimes and I really wish we would get more content from him. But seeing that he's got the upper hand on Melissa and Ava in this fantasy football league, it really made my heart smile. Like, go, go, Mr. Johnson. We love that for him. These were two really great Mr. Johnson episodes, but this one in particular is like, I think he comes out on top amongst all of the storylines for this episode because it is just so funny to see. He is like part of the team now. He is able to joke around with everybody. He's not just like the janitor that is teaching children conspiracy theories. Like he, I cracked up when he was going into the teacher's lounge, inspecting the trash and talking about how he's looking for Melissa's fantasy football team. Like he's trash talking. It's great. It's great. And it's, it was so funny to see this. It, I think we said in a previous episode how much I personally really like the Melissa, Mr. Johnson duo, because I think that's like a very, they're, they're like very witty with each other. I feel like they bring out some of their best qualities when they're acting together and when their characters are in a storyline together. And then they throw in Ava with it, who is just as committed to taking down Mr. Johnson. She does not respect her elders. And it's like, that is a comedy trio right there. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I, I agree with you. I think what it is, is just Melissa and even Ava to some extent, they don't back down uh, to anyone and neither does Mr. Johnson. And normally Melissa's able to kind of intimidate her way through a lot of situations. And Mr. Johnson mm-hmm. is talking trash. Uh, you know, we saw a little bit of that with uh with Janine and her egg drop, right? Every okay. now and then they have to stand up to Melissa. And it's always fun to watch. Um, and at least to to kind of track how each of them deals with her. You know, Janine was standing up for herself and it was very begrudgingly, but Mr. Johnson is tap dancing on her fantasy football team's grave. Um, so much to where Ava and Melissa have to devise a plan to basically like steal one of the players from Mr. Johnson's team. Uh, Chris, uh, Christian McCaffrey was supposed to be out. They're trying to get it. Uh, he's trying to get his backup running back on waivers. All that to say operation splash interference is in full effect. And this plan. So it's basically just like waste water and get Mr. Johnson to go clean it up. Gia. Yes, but they're smart enough to not do it themselves. They trick a young impressionable child to do it for them because they know that she is not going to be able to carry that paint water from point A to the bathroom that is a dead zone for cell phone signals. So this is a very well thought out plan. Mm-hmm. And you would think the plan would go out without a hitch, you know, like the, like everything is very time sensitive. It's like a heist, you know? Um, but for some reason, Mr. Johnson still manages to pick up his player on waivers and they're shocked. They don't understand what's going on. Melissa's reeling. Come to find out later on, he has basically hired Jacob to help him out in the fantasy league, you know, whenever he's working and he can't, he has to make any important trades. Um, so at the end of the episode, we do find out that although Jacob has a moral objection to the NFL, he's been helping him behind the back, you know, behind everybody's back. Um, and he says he will do anything to make Mr. Johnson smile. But Gia, I think Jacob would do anything to get a secret handshake with somebody because that secret handshake was immaculate. Okay, I had to say that too because Mr. Johnson gives him a cut of his winnings, which is also what Ava promised Melissa if she helped her with the fantasy draft pickup. But I really don't think Mr. Johnson had to even promise him money. I think he could have just offered the handshake and Jacob would have been all over this plan. Everybody loves the secret handshake. And you know, Jacob, who really wants to be accepted in this urban community, uh, is going to very much appreciate something like that. And so, yeah, if they were playing chess, Mr. Johnson gets the checkmate there. And it was fun to watch. Um, So those two storylines were kind of like, you know, the B and C plot. But this episode is called Fight Gia. And it's basically about two students in Janine's class that are, you know, at odds. They're kind of beefing. They've removed themselves from each other. They're sitting on different sides of the room. And honestly, sitting on different sides of the room is probably an effective way of dealing with this. Like, I don't want to talk to that person. I I should remove myself. But Janine is a peacekeeper. 
she also like uh has some anxiety tied to conflict so she feels like it's her duty to bring these kids together and throughout the episode we see different tactics that she's using to kind of make uh is it joya and zara uh yeah come together as a team um one of the, their projects that janine comes up with is the outline your buddy uh <laughs> your outline your buddy assignment to where she buddies them up they have to draw an outline of each other and then they have to draw the inside of the, uh, of what each other's body is made out of the the nice things about each other maybe their clothes all this other stuff and when it's revealed these two girls are so at odds that one draws poop inside of the other girl is that what happened Yes, she is full of poop and not just where you would expect poop to be. There is, they're in her legs, they're in her brain, they're in the entire cranium, not even just the brain. Like, it's very impressive the level of ignorance to biology that is ignored to get to the final product of this image. It is quite impressive. Yes, um, poop is there. It's everywhere. And I mean, for a child to tell you that you're full of poop, that's pretty entertaining. I don't That's care. Like, devastating. That girl right. is not going to recover until we see that she also came with a plan. Yeah. So Zara was the one drawing Joya full of poop. But Joya said, I did the assignment. Okay. I took it seriously. So I actually drew um, uh, Joya or whatever. And I mean, I, I'm sorry. She actually drew Zara. And well, she drew her, but she also drew that she stinks. And so again, these kids are at odds. And I actually thought that was kind of funny. I was like, oh, you know, the full of poop thing was a little low, but the I did my project because she stinks. Again, Janine, this could all be avoided if you just let the students separate themselves, but she just keeps pushing them together. I'm sorry, but not enough attention is being paid to how well that setup was for that project. Like it had a beginning, a middle, a plot twist, and an ending, a, a conclusion, do we yeah. say? And it was quite impressive. I agree, though. Janine is back to doing too much. Like, mm -hmm. sometimes people are just not going to like each other. And while we get a hopeful conclusion at the end of this episode regarding the the fighting, but sometimes people are just going to not like each other. And you have to accept that. And obviously, in a classroom setting, they have to not get along. If they don't get along, they have to still coexist in a non-disruptive manner with each other but it certainly is not helping that you are literally forcing second graders that don't like each other to spend as much time with each other as possible that's not even a good like what do you expect to happen there that's not even a good tactic to try to get people to get along it's like what what do people love more than anything else spending all of their time, all of the free time they possibly could have with someone that they just don't like. And then they're also seven years old. Right. No, no, Gia. You have to trust the process. You know, trust the process. That's what Janine tells us as she witnesses her students basically about to get into a fist fight in the cafeteria because she refuses to let them leave each other's side. Um, one student even gets milked to the point where, you know, Barbara is noticing that she might even have to step in. Ava's breaking up a fight. Like, but before the end of this episode, we have the sisters coming in and fighting on their behalf. It was a mess. Um, and watching Janine, who is smaller than an eighth grader, apparently, uh, try to break up this fight was hilarious. I felt this struggle as an adult that is also shorter than a lot of eighth graders. This this was hard. This was hard to swallow. But I do want to say she was pretty on point with threatening them to take them out of movie night if they or movie day if they did not cooperate and they were not watching the third toy story because that made janine cry they were watching the first one which i think we can all agree is a bit of a banger although I, I think the second toy story is the best one personally i'm partial to the first one i really am the second one is good the second one is good i mm. you know i really don't acknowledge the third one like that you know so I, I i look at it every now and then but it's not really my bag but those first two i mean classic mm -hmm. cinema right there um and yeah that's that's a reason why you put your fighting to the side if you got to go to movie day um you know, all you have to do is pretend to be nice to somebody for a few hours so you can get to watch toy story i think you do it ultimately um barbara ends up telling janine you can't bring your own anxiety about conflict into this schoolhouse, you know, and dealing with these kids. Um, we find out that Janine basically was always the peacemaker in her house between her mom and her sister. Um, and she just never learned how to be uncomfortable with people not 
getting along. And so Barbara basically just gives him some words of wisdom and tries to go on about her day until Janine, you know, tries to schedule an appointment for next week's office hours, which we know Barbara did not sign up for. Um, so we see in class, they're watching Toy Story, but the kids have managed to just slowly become more cordial with each other. The kids are now no longer fighting. They kind of look like they are, have like a mutual respect for each other. And even the older sisters who were about to have a fist fight, they're in the hallway and they're, they're friends because they've bonded over butterflies and beating people up. As we all do, it's eighth graders. The be- <laughs> what, what brings people together better than hating the same things or oh people? God. Like, yes. like were were we not much better fun- friends once we both realized we hated Survivor Kageyan? Yes, I mean, listen, Kageyan, uh, Guatemala. Do you hear me? No, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> just <laughs> I'm just saying, I have some complaints. Uh, but yeah, we definitely bond over shared interest and shared disdain and it seems like you know beating people up is the thing that brought these two sisters together um gia this episode was so funny there was three different plot lines what did you think about it all in all i loved it great i this is one of the few episodes where we had an a b and c plot there's usually about two storylines that we really focus on but i think that this one was done very well like the the storyline with Gregory and his dad, I think, like, held a lot of emotional importance for the progression of the story. The fight was obviously the main plot there. And I think that overall, it was a pretty good lesson that's not always taught in TV of, like, yes, yeah, sometimes things will work out like what we saw with the two girls and their sisters. But then other times, like... Janine's sister and her mom like that's a little more complicated and maybe that isn't going to end up with all three of them being able to get together but Janine is able to you know make some compromises and maybe change a little bit herself with not telling uh Janine not telling her mom when Janine's sister is going to be in town or trying to force a relationship upon those two when they clearly are not open to having that at that point and I really liked that I must get a future episode with the two big sisters as the main characters, though. Like, they were so good. They were they, they were gold yeah. standard children mm-hmm. in this episode. And, you know, sometimes we want to see a little aggression out, like a little black girl joy in there. And, you know, <laughs> if that's how they get their joy, I support it. I mean, I support girls do in pursuing their interests, let's say. <laughs> but then, and also like the C plot of... Uh, the the fantasy football draft was just so funny, and they brought arguably their funniest characters to that storyline. Yeah, good episode from beginning to end for me. Uh, Mr. Johnson's line about being a pacifist because he's gonna pass his fist across <laughs> your face was perfect. Uh, I mean, just perfect delivery. Mr. Johnson's everything. Um, but again, we have a whole nother episode to talk about, so we're gonna take a brief ad break here, and then we'll come back to talk about the second half of our two parter. Okay, and we're back. So this is season two, episode 13 called Fundraiser. And fundraising is something that I just love so much. If you follow me on social media, you often see me begging people for stuff, selling stuff, because I love to raise money for the less fortunate, for kids, for special causes. If you tell me to repost your fundraiser, I will always repost it. Normally, I will donate unless I don't really trust you like that, or if I just don't like you. But uh, for the most part, I am team fundraiser i love hustle culture um but there's a small part of this that you know i really don't love and it's just the fact that abbott is in such a situation that these students have to actually fundraise so that they can go on a field trip i think that the city the state the federal government somebody should be making allowances for these kids to be able to get enrichment by like going to a science museum and going outside of their neighborhood and seeing the world um or at least the world outside their neighborhood these kids shouldn't have to pay for that. So this episode was fun. It was very smart, but also it was hard to watch because it's so true. All of that aside, also the Franklin Institute of Technology cannot just like give them a discount where 
they are able to go like you're you're saying no to children what are they going to be doing there that they need to be spending they had like thousands of dollars already raised and they had to raise thousands more like what could you possibly require from abbott elementary that you don't already have of yourself you know we could talk about capitalism right you know like where it's like it's a museum the building is built the lights have to stay on you might need staff, maybe somebody to clean the bathrooms and mop the floors, but that's about it. You know, like that's not a working factory operation all the time. You could let these kids make a lap through there for free. Uh, and so it is very frustrating to see when these things could be given away when they are used to make money, especially when it comes from inner city youths or people who just are less fortunate and don't get those opportunities. So that's a good point to you. Yes. And also it brought up one of the most interesting dynamics of this show in general honestly with Ava and Barbara who are two very different women with two very different philosophies on life and while it may seem like on the surface yes Barbara is the person that we want to aspire to Barbara is the one with the moral compass on issues like this on hustle culture but Ava is a realist and Ava is recognizing that as she says so well at the end of this episode that Barbara has morals about things like this because she can afford to have them. Whereas Ava had to do a little bit of scamming to get by as she was growing up. Maybe now she just scams for fun, you know, old habits die hard, but that is neither here nor there. But she does what she can to help out the students at school as well, particularly the student named Henry, who she, even though she cracks a little joke, couple jokes at his expense, she does have his back with the extra pairs of pants that he isn't able to afford and that they're really, she wants to also help the students even beyond Abbott, like give them the skills they need to get by when they may not have the means to do it the traditional way or the way that people would expect you to. Yeah, this is a great episode for Ava. You and I have been Ava champions since day one, so this is no yes. shock to us. But yeah, we see Ava pulling out all the stops for her kids. Henry comes in, he's flooding, his pants are too short, and uh, she has extra pants for him. She does light them up a little bit. She roasts them a little bit, but she gives him the tool that he needs to go out and not get picked on by the other kids. When they start to make money, it's because of Ava and her uh, unorthodox selling tactics. Uh, and then by the end of the episode, Ava even says, okay, we met our target but why don't we sell a little bit more? And I'm thinking that that has to do with Henry and students like him, because when she's out there doing this, yeah, that money goes to the school. But if Henry's skimming some off the top, one extra dollar per piece of chocolate, it, it might be able to get him to afford some pants that can fit, you know? So it's, it's a very complicated situation because of course, Barbara morally is like, you don't steal and all this other stuff. But Ava points out that this is a victimless crime. That chocolate is theirs to do what they want with it. They can sell it, they can eat it, whatever the case may be. So selling it for $2 and it was marked for $1 for one kid, one time, one day, that's not going to make or break anybody. Like They will be fine. Now I'll say this though. I have always been shackled by world's finest chocolate. If you're listening to this right now and you have that box of chocolate, that the, the chocolate milk chocolate with the almonds or just the chocolate covered almonds, call me, at me. At, tweet me at Chappelle's underscore show and send me the link because I love that stuff. I would have bought it all. That is me with Girl Scout cookies to a T. <laughs> like I am a sucker. Every time I see one at the mall or wherever they may be, girl, hook me up with some thin mints. What are we even doing? And if you have the thanks a lot, also put that in my bag as well. Don't even tell me the charge. Thank you. Yeah, look, we're here to support students and support entrepreneurship it's what we are supposed to do. It's what we were called to do. Um, so don't judge us just at me, you know? Um, but speaking of chocolate sales, we do have a potential patron walking up to the students and it's Vince Staples. Maurice is back. And I was, I was kind of surprised. G, I'm not gonna lie to you. I didn't think we'd be getting Maurice so quickly. Did you? I didn't get, we, I didn't think we were going to be getting the Gregory jealousy plot line this soon as well because he is so obvious about it and of course it's going to happen with Maurice but to get the Gregory is jealous and then on top of everything 
Jacob figuring out that Gregory is jealous because Maurice is there spitting game and buying chocolates off the little homies because he hates to see him down, but really just wants to impress Janine. I have thoughts. I have thoughts. It's like, it was so good. It was all great. Yeah. That scene with Gregory and Jacob, when Jacob realizes that Gregory's tripping because he likes Janine, that is why this show is going to continue to win awards for years and years to come. Because the chemistry between those two actors in that moment, they did exactly what they needed to do, how they needed to do it. And the pacing was perfect. When when Jacob screams out, like, if you don't tell me I'm going to scream, I die. Because it's just like him to just like, like, he's barely holding this in. We know he loves mess and we know he loves Janine. So this is probably the highlight of his month, if not his year. Uh, and so he's really excited about this thing. Gregory's kind of excited about it, but he definitely wants to hide it from Jacob. It was such a good moment. I think that people are going to look back on that uh, scene for a very long time and talk about like, this is why you should be watching Abbey Elementary. This is why Chris Perfetti also deserves to be in the Emmy category nomination. So, you know, Emmy voters take notes on that. That was a really good scene. Also the, the excuse that Gregory gives about Jacob is projecting only for him to immediately say, no, if I was projecting, I would ask if you love Janine because I love Janine, but I'm out. I said, like, like, it was, and, so good. Uh, it was so good. Followed immediately by Mr. Johnson, knowing that he now has another soldier in the Janine Gregory Stan army. So good. The plot thickens for them and he has another you know mr johnson has been on top of things and he knows what is going on now another person knows and eventually we are going to get to the whole main crew knowing about the shenanigans that are commencing at abbott elementary yeah and i think it's going to get out very quickly now that jacob knows i mean if anybody's going to be a le leaky faucet for this kind of thing it's Jacob because he likes the gossip. And again, he loves Janine. So if Janine even looks in his direction, I think he might spill the beans. So Gregory might be picking up on that as well. I I think we have to worry about Barbara hearing it first. You know, Ooh. like gossip happens at the garden. That is who that is my bet for who I think is like the next person to know. Yeah, I think Barbara will find out kind of, yeah, next. And then when Melissa finds out, she's going to be like, I already knew. You know, like, that's yes. the kind of thing that I get from Melissa. Like, duh, I saw you the first day when you came in here. Um, And and I, I kind of need those moments to happen. So I'm very excited. Like, this this season is starting to pick up a little bit for me now. um, Because, of course, Gregory is now struggling with the fact that Janine is very excited to tell him that she's going on a date with Maurice. And everybody seems to support this. I mean, they're at the teacher's lounge. It's like, oh, what are you and Mo going to do? What are you and Mo going to eat? Oh, Mo sounds like a great guy. Mo likes to buy chocolate. And Gregory's head is spinning because he's like, wait a minute, hold on. This is my friend, but also I kind of like Janine, you know, and I don't really know how to say that to her without sounding like a super mega ultra hater. But he does sound like a hater because he, he tells her, you know, I just think I should give you the heads up about him. And she has such a good question. Uh, and I think I, I think I wrote this question down because she says, if he's somebody you have to give me the heads up about, why are y'all best friends? And Gia, what do you think about that as a question when dealing with like friends and relationships? So like, I get it. But also, don't be telling me that I have toxic friends. I know that. <laughs> I, I'm aware. Like, I, like, okay, the call is coming from inside the house. I get it. All right. But like, it's a very fair question, and I think that this, on a more serious note, can be something to really think about if, like, is your friend circle the healthiest? And I don't think there's anything wrong with Maurice. I think it's truly that Gregory is just jealous right now, and Janine is not picking up on this as well as she probably should be, but... Yeah, if you are excusing your friend's behavior when it comes out that it's like being really toxic or that you feel like you are hanging out with people that you need to give them a heads up on, maybe you need to reevaluate your friendship criteria because that's not really the type of people that I want to hang out with. But I don't think it's necessarily a Maurice issue. I think this is more of a Gregory issue. But, you know, if you are someone watching or listening to this and you say, okay, yeah, there are some friends that I feel like I need to warn my friends about, think about why you are friends with that person then. Because, like, that's not cool. That's weird. That's odd. That's an odd choice on your part. 
It really is. Uh, regardless, Gregory is dry hating because we all know he likes Janine. It's so obvious. But he ends up saying that he doesn't want any backs getting blown out on his account. So she can go and do what she wants to do with Maurice. Um, now, we see that her and Maurice, uh, they end up going on their date. Uh, she's trying really hard to pick like a meal that wouldn't be too messy. But she ends up eating a beef rib that's bigger than her head. Um, I love the scene. I love the idea that she is like unapologetically just demolishing this rib while she's supposed to be on a date. Honestly, very attractive. Not gonna lie to you. I would say like it gives me very white chicks uh, era with mm. when they're on the date and they're saying perhaps a salad for the lady. Perhaps not. And just kind of <laughs> gorgeous in on everything. And also like ladies, gents, whoever is listening that think they have mostly this is usually a, a lady's thing, but if you think you have to lessen the amount of food that you have to eat or the type of food that you have to eat because your date won't find that attractive, get a new date because no, like if he, he can't love me at my Caesar salad, he won't love me at my baby back ribs, you know, like it's, you gotta, you gotta accept it all. You don't deserve me at my worst when you don't deserve me at my best if you can't handle me at my worst. And like baby back ribs are, you know, that that gets a little dicey. But I'm glad that Janine does not care. You know, she processed the advice that Gregory gave her and promptly ignored it as she should. Yeah. And Gregory, to his credit, does go back and apologize to Janine and just kind of says, you know, I was tripping a little bit. Mo's a good guy go out he gives them their blessing not that she needed it but he does give them uh his blessing and they go on to have the date um and that's like the main plot of the story but in the background there is a custody battle over a cat abbott elementary is such a smart show that they have somehow worked this cat custody battle into the storyline to where melissa is out here trying to be the mediator for them because jacob and mr johnson have located the cat um in the school it's a random like stray cat from what they can tell and they attach to it immediately i'm talking about within seconds um they are both claiming the cat naming the cat it was bad um obviously this cat belongs to a student i just i look i i do like a good pet i personally i'm a snake person people know this about me people judge me i don't care but you know when it comes to dogs and cats the furry ones sometimes that it's hard to resist the cuddliness of these animals this cat had them in a blender throughout the entire episode Gia. i don't blame them i have a cat i love my cat we are both she is she's very toxic sometimes like she she picks and chooses when she wants to respect my boundaries. And, you know, like when I fall asleep, she likes to like lay right on top of me. But sometimes it gets like very close to suffocating. But I love her. And you know what? If I found her in a school locker area or janitor's closet for whatever reason, like, you know, I would still love her just the same. Although I do have to say Milton is a far better name than Cinnamon Cupcake Hill. I just have to say, like, it doesn't, I get that Jacob's last name is Hill, but first of all, Mr. Johnson definitely deserves to have his name in there somewhere, but Cinnamon Cupcake, really? That is clearly a Milton. Clearly. Right. Clearly. I, I thought, you know, we could hyphenate Milton, Cinnamon Cupcake, hyphen Hill. You know, I thought, look, there's a way to compromise, but this cat, I'm telling you, they were shocked that they felt this way about the cat. I know they were because all of a sudden they're talking about who the cat is going to live with. Does the cat believe in God? Is it pescatarian or not? You know, these are the type of arguments that they were having throughout the episode. And the whole time I was laughing. And it's funny that Abbott is able to do this, to put like this wacky storyline that means basically nothing behind, you know, a more serious storyline like, um, you know, what the future might hold for Maurice and Janine. Uh, and even, you know, some of the stuff with Ava and the fundraising, which is a very educational moment, you know, talking about the plight of some of these students and how bad it looks when you're out here having students fundraising for their own education. It's like, you know, in a public school. So Abby just does it all. It puts all the pieces in the right places. And I loved both of these episodes. Gia, did you have anything you want to add about these? I have to acknowledge the late Ava giving them a lesson with Courtney, Courtney, her, her little mini me mm -hmm. and giving them a lesson about how to, I think she says like stand out against the noise. 
here mm-hmm. and basically give the students a fast lesson on hustle culture and how they can make the most of their money. And at the at the surface level, it sounds unethical and, you know, all the things that Barbara was saying that it was, particularly when Courtney refuses to give a random man on the street change for the singular. You could have at least given him another chocolate bar, but okay. But, you know, but also I like that this is a show that acknowledges that, yes, for a lot of people, scamming or the hustle of everything is often how people get by and you know for things like this like charging someone a chocolate bar for two dollars instead of one like no one is being hurt by that um certainly not the people that are paying for the chocolate bar and definitely not the students who Ava is teaching them how to make commissions for themselves on these chocolate bars and she's encouraging them to take a little on the side for themselves to you know, be able to spend however they would like, which is not something that a lot of these students can have in their day-to-day life, especially if they're going by what are the established rules of this or to have morals about this as Ava words it. And I really liked that. I really like that they acknowledge that like this is a legitimate way of trying to get by in what can be some very financially difficult situations. And I like that they don't shame Ava for encouraging this from the students. Like there is actually a legitimate reason for her doing this. And then even Barbara comes around on this idea and uses it in her own way so that she can encourage um, Henry to help them out with the church bake sale and that he is able to get a commission for helping them and he can keep some of the sweets that he had once he was done and like that he's learning from both of them so that like she is trying to become a more well-rounded teacher but that we also aren't diminishing Ava's strategies for getting by that works for a lot of people yeah and Ava acknowledges that her unorthodox strategies could be viewed as possibly illegal a little bit um but again this was a victimless crime. So we're not condoning you going out here and scamming people unless you want to file my taxes, in which case call me. But um, we are saying that, you know, if it doesn't hurt anybody and something like this is happening, it's okay maybe sometimes to look at the situa- situation holistically as opposed to just saying these are bad kids, Ava's doing a bad thing. Like, you know, look at the whole situation and decide what you're going to do from there. Um, give people a chance to tell their story before you uh, make such brash um, judgments of them, you know, in the moment. Because uh, one of the other cool moments I remember in this episode was when Barbara basically is announcing that they've met their goal for fundraising. And then Ava says, we could keep fundraising. You know, we know that Abbott Elementary is not the nicest school. We know that sometimes they only have one bathroom working. We know that sometimes they have holes in the wall. We know that there's a a competing school down the street that has all these cool things. Abbott doesn't even have a librarian. And so there are moments where Ava just shines as an educator because she sees these opportunities and she really pounces on them to make the best for the school and the kids. So all that to say, Ava is a boss and that's why she owns the school. She owns the school. Don't let anybody tell you differently. She does not run the school. She owns the school. That is what hustle culture can get you, children. Exactly. And that's about it. Gia, what did you think? These two episodes uh, stacked up against the rest of season two. How you feeling? Oh, it was... I really, really liked the fundraiser episode. I also thought the fight episode was good too, but I had something about the fundraiser episode that like when I'm looking at the season as a whole, I think that will be one of the ones that really sticks out to me. I like that all of the main cast was there. They had their times to shine for different reasons. And like, it was, it was just great overall. There was a lot of progression and some of the plot lines we've been waiting to see some payoff for. I loved the fundraiser episode. It's definitely going to be up there with like the Halloween episode that we got mm. earlier in the season and a couple of those favorites that I was gushing about a few weeks ago. So the, this was great. Like this, Second half of Abbott Elementary is off to a really good start. Totally agree. And I even like the dry opening of the second episode where we have basically it's just random thoughts about Melissa not being able to do impressions. And, 
you know, it just seems like, like just no throwaway content. But I really like that we're getting more and more of these characters with every episode. You know, they try to sprinkle in a little bit of each of them. You know, we were talking about conflict in the last episode and how everybody doesn't have to like each other. And if you just think back a few more episodes, you remember Melissa and her sister don't really get along, you know. But them not liking each other is how they get along. It's how they, you know, function, um, you know. I guess in a healthy manner, as healthy as they can be, you know? And so I, I love that we're getting more and more of this. And so you have Melissa championing, you know, the idea that you don't have to be best friends with somebody all the time. Uh, I love that you have, you know, Jacob slowly integrating himself. You know, there are moments where they have to reel him back in, you know, when he says something like, don't get high on your own supply to a bunch of second graders, you know, maybe you have to reel him in a little bit there, but he's slowly becoming more and more, um, you know, Abbott, you know, centric, you know, he's, he's becoming part of the school. And I think they all are. And even though Ava says she hates Janine, there are definitely moments throughout the series where you can tell that she does not. So I love it. This episode was great. The first episode was great too. And I can't wait to see what's happening next week, but Gia, what do you have going on right now? Oh my God. So much. So turning 28 in an hour and a half. So, you know, that is, that is what I have going on. And, you know, it's a big deal to all of us. It's not just my day. It is all of your days to celebrate the, me, you know, <laughs> as Ava as Ava would like. But on a more on-topic note, um, I am currently doing a uh, rewatch of one of my favorite seasons of all time, Survivor Fiji, over on Silent Podcast with our rewatch of Fiji which is called Fiji Forever it has been great so far I've had some really great guests and you know we have Chappelle lined up for a future episode I won't spoil which episode it is yet but it's a good one and I'm very excited to see we're very close to one of my favorite episodes of all time so this is going to be a really great project for us especially as we are heading into Black History Month it's going to be great Um, And while we are waiting, that is what's happening during the Survivor offseason, but my regular coverage of Survivor with my recaps on silent podcasts on the podcast, I don't know about that. And also the inside Survivor coverage that I do with the newly engaged Christine Palin are also going to be happening back up in March when season 44 premieres. And as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Classically Gia. You can also follow me on TikTok and Instagram at Classically Gia for just all of my reality TV shenanigans. And my final note, please follow the Survivor Diversity Campaign on Twitter. It's why it's it's a big reason of why I'm here today. And I think it's a great follow. It really is. And Gia, I have to tell you now, I lied on nothing but Netflix and told them I was going to be on this episode of, you know, your Fiji rewatch because I knew you needed a guest. And so I just assumed it was going to be me. So, you know, if just ignore that, you get some messages like, where is your, I'm, I'm coming y'all. I promise. But I, I definitely lied. So he you know, said, yeah, no, it's okay. We love the coverage and you know, we'll just keep them wanting more. Cause like it's coming, but we're not telling them which episode it is. And that's the important thing. And that's the important thing. Uh, we're for skim- me, I, we're doing our own little scam. That's so cute. Oh, it's our first scam. We should it's commemorate this. Yeah. We need to this- do more more scam. Duh, what a great way to end 27. This is this is gonna be great. Right. No, no, no. Starting 28 off right, you know, with yes. the scam. <laughs> um, yeah, aside from that. Nothing but Netflix, you know, talking about that 90s show this week with Dame Lindsay Wilson. Yes, uh, an amazing guest and uh, amazing time talking with Rob. It was great. Um, And then next week I will be writing solo on Nothing But Netflix with my secret uh, co-host that has not been announced unless you've already heard Nothing But Netflix, in which case, you know, it's my friend Tyrone. We're going to talk about uh, you people, uh, the Kenya Barris movie about interracial relationships, because that's what Kenya Barris does. And so um, check that out on Nothing But Netflix. And then, of course, um, you know, look for me on RHAP. Look for me on Post Show Recaps. We're just covering your favorite shows. Puya and I actually are going to be talking about Bel Air on Peacock very soon. So check that out. I was on the Crossing Streams podcast with Craig Elston talking about traders and pressure cooker. I've been around. Follow me on Twitter at Chappelle's underscore show to make sure you can keep up with all of that stuff. Gia, I think this is a wrap. It's been fun. The class is out. You all can check us next time here on Abbott Elementary at Post Show Recap when we talk about season two, episode 14 and 15. Until then, bye.